Tesic presents Let's Tech About It, a technology and education podcast where we talk to educators around the province of Newfoundland and Labrador about how they incorporate technology into their teaching practice. I'm Melissa Lee, and you are listening to a TESIC podcast. Let's tech about it. With us today, we have Chelsea Morris, who will be sharing her adventures with tech in the classroom. So, let's tech about it. So, Chelsea, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Hey, Melissa. So, my name is Chelsea Morris, and I teach at Northern Lights Academy in Riglet, which is on the north coast of Labrador. Um, and we are located in the Nunatsuavut Land Claims region. And our school is a K-12 school. We have 72 students and a staff of seven. That's fantastic. You have a, a certainly an interesting setup for your school compared to some of the others in the province. So let's tech, talk about a project that you've worked on with technology in your school. So I'm very thankful to have such a small group of kids to work with, which is great because you get to know them a little better. I teach both kindergarten and grade one, as well as grade seven, eight, nine technology education. So specifically with my tech ed students, we work on a lot of different things throughout the year. And the one that stands out most to me would be working on the micro bits and how we thought about the different things that they have to work with, such as like the compass, the stepper, those types of things that we could use and how they could relate them to their cultural world. So it was funny that the boys even talked about, miss, we could use the stepper to see how many steps it is in through the wood path. Or miss, we can see how many steps it is from one trap to the next trap. Those kinds of things I never really would have thought to use. I would have thought, okay, well, steppers for hoping to get a thousand steps today, but they took it and spun it to something that's relatable to them and then something that they would remember. Besides that, I also put the challenge out um, for them to make like a strap for them to wear the stepper or the watch or whatever they wanted to make out of it. And it was just so funny to see my students instantly gravitate towards cultural things that were relevant to them. Um, We had a few people that wanted to make actual seal skin straps to put their micro bit on. So they used their sewing skills from life skills. They use beadwork and they made these beautiful intrinsic micro bit straps that was well beyond what they t- typically would have needed for the simple project that I assigned to them. That's fantastic. It sounds like you're really incorporating the, the culture and making it relevant to their lives, which is great. And it's great that they're making those connections too. So what would you say is your overall teaching philosophy in the classroom? In the classroom here, um, with such a small group of students um, that are so connected to both their culture and just each other, really. I mean, chances are they're their cousins or their brothers and sisters. So um, we see a real great bond between K-12 students throughout the whole school and being able to let that freedom of them have choice um, to express themselves. Um, I simply give them the tools that they need to put in their toolkit, such as like green screen backgrounds or um, micro bits or those block coding, those simple 
technology things that they can use and then incorporate it into their projects so they can express themselves. The biggest thing I think is giving them choice and the opportunity to expand. That sounds great. Uh, how has using tech in your classroom affected student learning overall that you've seen? When I started teaching tech ed, I didn't know how the students would respond to it because my philosophy was a lot different than previous teachers that I've used um, or have taught tech ed in our school. Um, sometimes we see a lot of staff turnover. So like there's been a lot of different um, methods and views. Um, for me, I wanted to be able to soak up as much tech knowledge as I could and be able to give the students that same opportunity. Um, so being able to show them all these different types of technologies, we've used a lot with um, Spheros. The kids have really gravitated towards the Spheros, um, as well as the EV3s, um, the Lego EV3s, and they've just taken off with it. It's simply, I put it in front of them and they're gone. They're totally focused. They're problem solving. They're sharing with each other. They're engaging with students that typically maybe they wouldn't have engaged with and friendships are made. And it's just really, really cool to see that flourish, especially with um, lately the Lego EV3s have really taken off. Um, students were a little hesitant at first. They thought it was a little overwhelming. Um, but next thing you know, we have an after school group and I have students that stay after school and pick up the EV3s. We've used a couple of different maps similar to the Lego Robotics um, first Lego League. Um, but we haven't used all the rules of the same structure that they have. This year, I just wanted to give them a bit of um, freedom to explore. And thanks to um, NLESD staff and support staff, we were able to travel to Hopedale for our first Labrador Big Land Lego League competition. And I believe your students were the winners in that competition. Is that right? They were. Um, this year, we've only had three teams compete, which, I mean, it still is fantastic to start off a year. And we kept it simple with two students per team. There was two on um, Northern Lights Academy's team, and they were in my grade 7 to 9 range. And then there were two teams, three teams, sorry, from Hopedale. Um, but I had two girls, and they were amazing. They were totally engaged. Um, they wanted to come in after school in the evening. So I supported them as much as I could. And it was simply just being there for them because they knew what they were doing. They would um, problem solve, talk to each other, and they would try as much as they could with adjusting the black coding to fit what they needed. And now I have so many other students interested. Do you think maybe how proud they were of winning and, and just competing would maybe transfer to some of the other students in your school and want them to get them more involved or maybe even some other schools and students in Labrador? I think that it's really going to take off after this year. Um, I've seen that within my own students at the school. Um, it was just, for me, it was super, super cool to see the pride that they had for winning. They couldn't believe that they did. They really didn't have that much confidence before we left here um, and traveled, but when they were competing and after when they won, the smiles on their faces were something that I had never seen come from these particular students. These are students that, not that robotics is for a certain set, um, set of students or sports is for a certain set of students, anything like that, but it's just, 
it opens a different window for different students to be able to engage in something and feel pride. And they certainly attain that. Fantastic. That sounds great. I'm glad they had that experience. Um, how do you find classroom management when you're integrating tech in your different grade levels in your school? Uh, any, any things that you can share with our listeners? For my K-1 students, um, I've introduced a few different things, like we've done Spiros, just the basics, as well as um, I've shown them different things with, like, the 3D printer and those types of things. But the biggest thing for them has been the B-Bats. They've really been able to run with that and use that themselves, um, as well as the Ozobots, um, using the markers to code, um, to keep it basic and at their level. I simply show one student and that one student shows three students. And then next thing you know, all 15 of my K's and ones are totally engaged and I only had to show one. So I really think that letting go of the control and letting it be student led is the way to go because it seems that students want to listen to students and they're more engaged and it just seems to work in our school. It's been working K and one and it's been working grades seven, eight, nine. Have you found that that's helping your students' independence or their leadership? It has because it's the students that typically um, wouldn't say that they're confident in writing or wouldn't say that they're confident in speaking, but it's those students that are taking the tech and running with it. And they have a sense of ownership and a sense of leadership that they typically wouldn't have. And they have been doing a wonderful job spreading the word and spreading how to use that tech in the classroom. It's funny that you say it's it might be students who wouldn't traditionally feel confident in, in a traditional speaking role. But of course, if they're explaining to someone else how to use the technology that they're really interested in, obviously, they're using speaking in a very authentic way in the classroom. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and they use a, a type of vocabulary that they typically wouldn't use or be able to share either. So it's just totally relevant. And it's really bringing certain students out of their shells, which is great. That's great to hear. Um, so in the classroom, to share with our listeners, are there any other tips or tricks that, that you want to share that you have found worked really well that you might want to, uh, that somebody else might find beneficial? In our school, um, the biggest thing I think would be to let go of the control. <laughs> um, we, I teach all my tech ed classes um, in the learning comments, which has a very free flow um, flexible seating, flexible areas. And it's about not telling that they need to sit to a desk and type on this Chromebook and only do that type of thing. Like they need to be able to move around, get comfortable, use the types of tech that they feel comfortable with. I mean, it's not, I teach them the basic tools, but I wouldn't want them to specifically stick to that type of technology. I want them to be able to express themselves the way that they want to. So my tip would be to just let go of the control and let them go because they're going to flourish. That's a really great point. And I think as teachers, sometimes we struggle with letting go of that control because it's just in that traditional sense of what, what a teacher is. When you uh, first started teaching, were you always that way? Or was that something that changed for you? Did you jump right in uh, right away? Or how did that look for you? Definitely not. I was not that teacher that would let them go. I always, I didn't think that they needed to sit in desks and rows and very specific like that. But I wanted to, um, I thought that they needed to be copying from the board. This is case and ones that I'm talking about now, not even my seven, eight, nine. 
Um, but it didn't take me very long to realize that they're all very independent and we just need to foster that independence. So like particularly I'm thinking about our leprechaun traps that I do with my kids and ones every year. And this is my fifth year teaching and I don't know why, but I was always sending this project home. I was sending this project home for families to work together on. And the students would come back with these really elaborate traps that um, oftentimes it was great family time, but the kids weren't actually making as much as other people in the group kind of thing. So this year I said, nope, you know what? I'm going to do it different. We're going to do the leprechaun traps in the classroom. And my students, my kids and ones are very independent. So they would um, say, miss, I need popsicle sticks. or I need pom-poms or cotton balls. I said, okay, where would you find those things? If they weren't already in the classroom, because we do have like a smallish makerspace section there, um, but that supplies runs out very quickly. They run down to the makerspace, which is just a few doors down. They are totally capable of doing that, bringing the supplies back that they need. And then they built whatever they wanted. They, I let go. I didn't say, okay, I'll pour that paint for you. You can only use so much glue. I let them go. And their creations were absolutely amazing. And they could totally do whatever they needed done. They could pour the paint. They could um, use the glue. They could do all those things. It was amazing. And their creations were totally theirs. Right. And it sounds like you're meeting a lot of curriculum outcomes that way, which if it was a project to go home, in terms of assessment, it's really hard to look at that because you don't know who's actually creating it or what choices they made, but you're seeing it right in front of your eyes that way. Absolutely. I mean, it was as simple as, miss, we have no green paint. What are we going to do? And I said, well, what could we do? And it was a simple question as that. And next thing you know, I have two five-year-olds mixing blue and yellow paint to make green on their own. Right. And, and that's really the design process that they're working on, which in kindergarten and grade one, that's something that can be applied up through. And then once you're teaching your students in your tech ed courses, there's still that design element that they're working on that's, that they're able to build on up through the grades. Yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing to see that these specific Ks and ones um, to be able to see their skills go right up through the grades because now they have that set of skills and they know that they have total ownership and they're independent and they can do those things on their own without having to ask the teacher how to solve their problem. Yeah, and I think that's a special thing for for you in a K-12 school, for the staff to be able to experience seeing the students build their way up and build their skills and their confidence up through right up to grade 12. So that's great. So um, that kind of ends our questions for today. Uh, thank you so much, Chelsea, for joining us. No uh, problem. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. If anybody wanted to connect with you online, where can our listeners find you? I'm a heavy Twitter advocate. <laughs> you can find me at K1Class underscore NLA for Northern Lights Academy. And follow me, tweet me. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Fantastic. Twitter sounds like a great way to connect. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you to our listeners. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in next time when we tech about it again. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Tessic, T-E-S-I-C, and on our website, tessic.ca.